0: Welcome to the radio program, Why Paul? Bringing and interpreting the doctrine Jesus Christ presented through the Apostle Paul. Your hosts are Michael R. Mix, Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton of 14th Street Ministries. We are here to bring you the answers found in 2 Timothy 2.15 and encourage you to teach and share this program with others. Now here are your hosts, Michael Mix, Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton.
1: Hi, and welcome back this week to Why Paul. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm your host, Michelle Mix.
2: And I'm your host, uh, Michael Mix.
1: I'm your host, Pam Lampton.
2: And I'm your host, David Reed.
1: All right, and today we'll go ahead and open with prayer. Pam, could you lead us in prayer? Yes.
3: Dear Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for your salvation, for your grace, Lord, that you have um, given us, Lord, for our daily life. For the Holy Spirit who guides and directs in our hearts and our lives, Lord, and decisions that we make. Most of all, we pray for the listeners tonight that are all over the world, that are listening to the program, following the Bible study that we're doing through Ephesians, and some practical helps, Lord, for their life. We pray most of all that salvation comes to the hearts of the listeners, and may they share the gospel
1: to their friends and family. So I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we did miss you uh, last week, Pam, oh, uh, our, our question person. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we were able to um, ask some, some questions uh, that we uh, hadn't seen in there that you sent to us. So uh, we appreciate you always sending those out to us. Did you have any questions for today?
4: I have a question. Okay. Uh, David, are, if there's anybody in the area, are you still having Uh, services at the columbus bible church
2: we are uh, we continue to have sunday services uh, sunday 10 a.m and uh, i'm not gonna just email me at the columbus bible church website and i'll give you the address i feel a little weird we're we're not meeting in a public we're we're meeting in someone's near someone's residence and so rather than me give that over the air if you're interested reach out to me through the columbus bible church.org website and i'm happy to share it with you that way
4: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you. you. Um, We did have a question that came in this week, um, and I'll just read it to you. It says, Hello, I listen to your program most weeks, and I am encouraged to study the Word of God and rightly divide the Word. I do understand this well, but are you able to give me guidance on how, where do I start, what resources do you recommend, and how do you how do you know which books relate to other books? And um, we did discuss this and we will be covering that question next week as a whole program um, so that we can give you guidance on your resources, um, how to study the word and what books do um, correlate with each other. Um, And that's a good question because a lot of people do say, okay, well, I have the Bible. Do I start from Genesis and go all the way through and, Most of the time, um, reading the word of word of God through the whole entire scriptures is daunting and and people do Mm -hmm. give up and then they don't get to the meat of the word that's more practical to the Christian life. So we will go over that next week as a whole program.
1: Yes, and and last week was uh, great because we did go over uh, the question about the will of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was great as well. Um, very, very informative, very helpful to have that. Um, so today we're back to Ephesians. Um, Pam, can you bring us up to date uh, where we are in Ephesians? Yes, we're going to start in Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse
3: 6. I'm going to go ahead and read 6 through 11, and this is um, entitled... The theme is the believers walk as God's dear children and we see that referenced in Ephesians um, 5 1 where it says be ye therefore fathers of God as dear children I'll start with verse 6 in chapter 5 of Ephesians let no man deceive you with vain words for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience but be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them.
2: So Ephesians 5.11 tells us something about not having fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. <clears throat> Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> like usual, when we want to understand something in the scriptures, when you want to understand a verse, the key technique is to find the relevant cross-reference. And so what I mean by that is it's not like turn a page and put your finger down and pick a verse at random. That's that's not a scientific approach. That's not an intelligent approach. But to find the other verses in the scripture that address the same topic. One of the ways that people often do that is through word searches. So, for example, if you run the word fellowship and you look at other verses that deal with fellowship, those verses will give you insight. So look at me at Second Corinthians six verse fourteen. Be not be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Notice verse sixteen and And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? The distinction that's being drawn there is there's a difference between the temple of God, which is true, and idolatry, which is obviously false religion. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Verse 16 continues. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Notice verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So let's make sure we understand what that passage is telling us. It's an instruction to the believer to have no fellowship with the works of darkness and to have no fellowship with darkness idolatry. In other words, it's to separate from the false gods of this world. That's the the same idea that we're looking at in Ephesians 5 verse 11, where it says, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. So should the life of a believer look differently from the life of an unbeliever? It should, right? Because we're saved, because we're part of the body of Christ, our lifestyle, our Pattern of behavior should be different. Now we looked at Second at, uh, Corinthians six, which told us to avoid idolatry. I want you to notice something in Colossians three, verse five. This is this is really interesting. When most people think of idolatry, what they think of is, well, I don't have stone gods in my house. I don't bow down and worship, you know, fake idols, you know, that are made out of wood or anything like that. So idolatry is not really a thing for me. Well, look, look with me at Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3, 5 specifically says that covetousness is idolatry. So what's covetousness? Mm -hmm. Covetousness is, you're all familiar. I'm sorry, my throat's a little scratchy, but you're all familiar with the 10 commandments and Mm -hmm. we are specifically told thou shalt not covet, right? And then you're given a list of things that you're not to covet. And the idea is, that what we always do is we always desire more things, right? We desire either, if we have one car, we desire a newer car or a bigger car or a nicer car or a bigger house, or you see how it works, right? It's human nature to always covet, to always desire more things. I would tell you that covetousness is a big reason that advertising works. So why do advertisers spend so much money for such small periods of time? Well, the reason why is they want to sell a product, right? Well, how is it that they are able to make good use of that time and, and actually cause it to create an economic return? Well, the, the, the way they are able to do so in, in many instances, not all, but in many is they they prey upon, they cater to man's covetousness right in other words he right. wants more he always desires more well scripture tells us that covetousness is itself a form of idolatry in other words it's it's <clears throat> the reason why i personally think it says that you can decide for yourself what covetousness is it's an attitude of lack of contentment of what you've been given by god in other words yeah the stuff i have is nice but really I need other stuff and more stuff and nicer stuff. Well, <clears throat> the love of money is the root of all evil. There, there's no end to our appetite for more and more and more. I mention this because <clears throat> many in the West may not deal with, you know, s- bowing down and worshiping stone gods. But are, are we engaging in a form of idolatry when the nature of our covetousness is such that we are worshiping stuff and placing too much value on stuff and so uh consider that Mm -hmm. as you know if you will just encouragement as to maybe how we should think about our lives Mm -hmm. yeah verse 12
4: or is it a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret
2: get first corinthians chapter 15 if you would first corinthians chapter 15 What, what Ephesians 5.12 said is that it's a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. And, and the idea being, even if you're giving a true account of those actions that are done, is it a proper thing to do? Well, it's, it's described there as a shame. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, the context of 1 Corinthians 15 is this. 1 Corinthians 15 is a chapter that's all about the resurrection. And one of the things that's considered in 1 Corinthians 15 is, well, what if there is no resurrection? What if Jesus Christ didn't really rise from the dead? And what scripture says about that is essentially eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, if he didn't rise from the dead, then there's no point to this. We're all in our sins. We're going to go to hell. So you might as well live to the flesh while you're on earth. Now, of course, we know the truth of the matter, don't we? Did Jesus Christ actually, in fact, rise from the dead? He did. Mm -hmm. And because he did, therefore, uh, we ought to live our lives very carefully and righteously and soberly. The point of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, when it says evil communications corrupt good manners. Well, what happens if you teach people unsound doctrine? Like for example, what if you teach people, there is no resurrection, there is no next life. You do not give account to God. What would happen if you taught people that? Well, if you teach people that they don't give account to God, They're going to live like they don't Mm -hmm. give account to God.
4: Mm -hmm. So
2: the natural result of evil evil communications is that they corrupt good manners. And therefore, we need to be very careful about our communications. We need to be very careful about our doctrine to make sure that we are teaching righteous, correct, pure doctrine, because evil communications, evil doctrine, unsound doctrine, false doctrine, corrupts good manners well I, hopefully you can see the connection there to ephesians 5 verse 12 should we be talking about the things that are done of the disobedient and secret and the answer is no um w- w- paul tells us to be simple concerning evil he doesn't say to be fully informed and highly educated about evil he says to be simple about it to to be to know little of it so let's go to mm-hmm. the next verse if we could
1: okay uh Ephesians 513 says but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light
2: get with me psalm 119 if you would psalm 119 we'll first go to psalm 119 and then we'll go to second peter one i, I want to show you a couple verses about light so that we can understand how scripture uses the term. Psalm 119, and we'll look at verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Well, it's God's words that give light. Go up to verse 105, please. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. You're probably familiar with that. That that verse has been put to song many times, mm-hmm. so many people are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is simply this, <clears throat> the world is a dark place. Um, it's described as this present darkness uh, because the world is, is it's dark. Mm-hmm. But what is the source of light in the world? Well, the source of light is God's word. We've all had the experience. Have you ever been in a building where the lights are, out or like you're in like a gym or some big room like that and it's completely dark. Mm -hmm. Well, you have no idea where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And what you do is you move very gingerly because you're concerned, I'm going to step into something or I'm going to trip or I'm going to, you know, hurt myself. It's, 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 It's not a comfortable feeling being in the dark because you don't know what's there. You're vulnerable. You really have no idea where to go. Well, what's the answer for life on earth? Well, the, the, the way that your life can make sense, the way that you can have clarity of purpose is you need light and that light exists in God's word. Look with me at 2 Peter chapter one, 2 Peter chapter one, and we'll look at verse 19. 2 Peter 1:19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. That's God's word in this world. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, let me make one further point on this before we move on. God's word is light. This world is dark. The direction we need for life is not in emotion. It's not in circumstance, it's not in experience. In other words, what what often happens what people do is they go by their intuition or they go by their emotions or they're in a circumstance and they think that God is teaching them something through this circumstance. All of those things are unreliable and none of those things give light. What we really need is we need light. Because if the world's dark you need light and where do you find light? It's in God's word. And so that's, that needs to be our constant source of authority.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's okay. go on to the next verse.
3: Ephesians 5.14. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give
2: thee light. Get with me Romans 13, if you would. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Now, if you notice, verse 14 says, wherefore he saith, when you see things like that, it's typically a reference to another passage in scripture that is is being quoted there. And uh, we won't go there for the sake of time, but you might look at Isaiah chapter 60 later when you have a minute. But for now, let's go to Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now what Ephesians 5.14 there, talked talks about awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and the idea there being sort of get up, it's time to be awake. It's time to uh, be motivated. It's time to get things done. The same thing is true in Romans 13, when it says, now is high time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. Let Let me put it this way. Life on earth is short. Every moment that passes, we get one moment closer to the rapture. Now that's a joyous thing. While that is a joyous thing, we also get one second closer to the dispensation of grace ending. Well, think about the earth today. Are most of the people on the earth saved? Spoiler, Mm-mm-mm. they're not. No. <clears throat> There's billions that are lost, which means that the body of Christ has a limited period of time to reach those people with the gospel. So we need to be very focused. We need to be energetic we need to be redeeming the time because we just saw in the prior verse, the world is dark. It's described here as as night in in, in Romans 13. There's work to do and the time that remaineth is short. Look at me at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse six. 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse six. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Again, it's a, it's a nighttime reference. And the idea there is because matters are serious, because time is short, there's much for us to do.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's go back to Ephesians 5. And if someone could read verses 15 and 16 together.
4: See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are
2: evil. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we want to do is understand the word circumspectly. Now, my encouragement to you, I think this is always a good idea. Whenever you're reading any book and you come across a word that you don't know, you should look it up and figure out what it means. Because if you don't know what the word means, you're not going to understand the sentence very well. Now, a lot of times we just guess based upon context, but that's not as good as actually knowing what the word means certainly when you're reading the scriptures, you want to do that because how many of the words in God's word are important? All Mm -hmm. all of them, right? Mm -hmm. So if we come across a word we don't know, spend the time to look it up. It's worth doing. So if you look up the word circumspectly, and you may already know it, but it's a word that's not entirely common. It means cautiously with watchfulness every way with attention to guard against surprise or danger. So the idea of circumspectly is it's, it's it's a cautious approach. It's an approach that is one with the awareness of danger. So as we've read through these couple verses here, we talked about it, things being dark, things being sleep, the time being short. It, it's all conveying the the dangerousness of the times in which we live and not, not in, I don't even really mean that, excuse me, so much as physically as spiritually, right? right, right. The, the, the world is a spiritually dark place. And because it's a spiritually dark place, if you don't come to the knowledge of the gospel in this life, what happens? You, you go to hell. So it's, it's critically important to be able to, uh, through God's word, identify that which is true. Get with me, Colossians chapter four, verse five. Colossians chapter four, verse five. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. When we just read in Ephesians 5.16, it talked about redeeming the time. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Now we look at Colossians four, verse five. It talks about redeeming the time. Whenever you see verses like that, that have very parallel phrases like that, it's a really good idea to compare those verses because scripture's telling you this is a natural cross-reference. If you put the two verses together, it's really like taking two pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that, that connect, right? Mm-hmm. When you put them together, you can see a lot more than when you're just looking at the individual pieces. So if we put those verses together, it seems to me what it's telling us in terms of redeeming the time is the time that we have is short. So we we have to redeem it, we have to make the most of it. It talks there about walking in wisdom toward the lost. My encouragement to you is this, every member of the body of Christ on earth has people that they know that are lost. In fact, for most of us, most of the people you know on the earth are lost, right? Mm -hmm. You know people that are your neighbors, or your coworkers or your friends or family members or so on, but whatever circle you're in, there's lost people in that circle. The idea of these verses is to walk in wisdom toward them that are lost. In other words, let me put it this way. If you understand the gospel of grace, if you understand that Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again the third day, and you realize that you can't be saved by works, but solely by what he did, then I would suggest to you that you are probably the most likely source of light in whatever circle you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Which means you have the opportunity and the privilege to be a conduit for the truth to those individuals, right? So mm-hmm. should you walk circumspectly? Should you walk? Should you walk intelligently and thoughtfully and carefully and to try to use those relationships to influence people for the sake of the truth. Yes. You, we need to do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a loving That's thing right. to do. This is the message that people need to hear, and so we need to uh, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. In other words, Paul, Paul will talk about doors of utterance. In other words, God gives us opportunities to mm-hmm. share the gospel with people, and when we're given those opportunities, we should take advantage of them. Get 1 Corinthians 7. There's a fascinating passage here. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29. 1 Corinthians 7, 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. That's the time left in the dispensation of grace. Even if it's hundreds of years, you realize it's still short because what's gonna Mm -hmm. happen is when the rapture happens, are there going to be Millions upon millions, unfortunately, billions of people that were not prepared?
4: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There,
2: There will be. So the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. Now notice this. For the fashion of this world passeth away. That verse is fascinating. So, here's the way I think about fashion. I don't know a thing about fashion. I wear stuff that people wore 50 years ago and it'll eventually come back into style. Mm-hmm. It'll take a longer, but it will eventually come back into style. Now, my point in saying that is, you know what happens with fashion? It just changes and changes and changes and mm-hmm. it's temporary and it's not enduring, is it? Cause it just passes away. Well, what does that, what does verse 31 say about the world? The world itself is just a fashion that passes away. In other words, so let's think of it this way. There's 6,000 6, years of recorded human history and you think, well, 6,000 years is a long time. Is 6,000 years a long time in light of eternity? It's not. It's just a second in light of eternity. So the point is, the way we need to think about our life on earth, whether it's 70 years or 80 years or 100 years or or two minutes or whatever it is, this world is passing away. Our sojourn here is very brief. And we need to figure out how to use our time for the sake of the gospel. Mm
4: -hmm. Yep, true.
2: Verse 17, please
3: okay Ephesians 5:17 um, wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord
0: is
2: so we're commanded to not be unwise mm-hmm. and then we're commanded to understand what the will of the Lord is now we talked a little bit about the, the will of God last week let's build on that just a little so get first Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. first Corinthians, Chapter 14 and verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Now, let me pause there. Some people have the idea that what happens is, I've believed the gospel. That's what I need to know, and I, I don't need to go beyond that. Well, God's desire for your life is not just that you be saved but that you come under the knowledge of the truth. He wants you to be mature in the faith. He wants you to be strong in the faith. Colossians 2.2 2 refers to the full assurance of understanding. What happens the more Bible doctrine you know? Well, it's assurance to your soul. It gives mm-hmm. you greater spiritual comfort and strength. Absolutely. That's why it says, be not children in understanding. We need to grow. Howbeit, in malice, be ye children. So we should be kind-hearted, right? We shouldn't be malicious and nasty, but in understanding, be men. In other words, it's okay when you're first saved to be an infant because everyone starts there, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. when people come into the world at age one day, they don't know how to drive, right? They don't know how to speak. They don't know how to do calculus. That's okay. But over time, should they learn how to drive? Should they learn how to speak? Should they learn how to walk? Yeah, those those are things that you add to your skill set as you mature. Well, as saved people, as members of the body of Christ, do we need to grow in maturity? Yes. We need to grow in maturity. We need to grow in understanding so that we have a better understanding of the will of the Lord. Get with me. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If, uh, if the only thing that was necessary that you needed was the gospel, then the only thing we'd ever talk about on this program is the gospel, and we just cover it again and again and again and again. Now, we do cover it regularly, but the reason why we're digging into Ephesians, why we're digging into these passages, is God's will for our life is to have understanding. Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How is your life as a believer transformed? Romans 12, two, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, let me give you a comparison here if I could. The way that a lot of legalistic religion works is this. When you join a particular church or a group, they will tell you, this is how you dress. This is how you talk. This is how you act. And here's our set of standards. And if you comply with these standards, then you're, you're righteous, you're accepted, you're mature. And what they're doing when they do that is they're trying to polish your external man so that it's pleasing to the eye. Don't talk that way, talk this way. Here's how we want you to dress. Here's what your hair length should be and so on. Well, all those things are external in nature, but true transformation is internal. That's what mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2 says, right? Mm-hmm. Be transformed by not the exterior, but by the renewing of your mind. Now, what that means for us is that we need to be in the word of God daily so that our mind is renewed. If I wanted to run a marathon and I wanted to train for it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go out and run today. And then I said, you know what? 10 days later, I think I'll go run a little bit more. Then three weeks later, I'll do a little more running because I want to run this marathon. That approach is not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to accomplish something, I'm going to have to be disciplined in my habits. I'm going to have to be regular and consistent. Well, if you want to grow in your understanding of the scriptures, if you want to, uh, in understanding be men, what do you need to do? You, You have to search the scriptures daily. Look with me at Colossians 1 verse 9. Colossians chapter one and verse nine. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now notice what this says. And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul didn't pray that the Colossians got a new horse, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't pray that they got new clothing, Or or better jobs. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't pray about those things, but but what I am saying is this, what scripture records him praying was he prayed for their understanding. He prayed for their knowledge of spiritual things. Why did he do that? Didn't he know it was more important what kind of horse they had? Well, obviously, that wasn't the most important thing, was it? The most important thing was that he wanted to have some spiritual wisdom, some understanding, which, by the way, If you have spiritual wisdom, you can make better decisions in life. You'll have more peace in life. You'll have more awareness of what God is doing. That's why Paul prayed all those things. It's because that was what would give people the best life on earth. The best life on earth is not based upon external stuff. Listen, anything that's, that's external can be taken from you. Right? you're not gonna possess it forever and you certainly can't take it into the next life. But the things that are internal that you spiritually understand, those things you possess in an eternal way. Well, what happens of course in life is people pursue all the external stuff, right? Cause it's flashy and it's nice and so on, but it's, but it's temporal and it's, it's it's not at all meaningful. So the point of all this is God doesn't want us to be unwise. He wants us to understand his will and he has revealed his will and his word, well, that's where we need to go because his word is light, so we might understand it. Should we go on to the next verse in Ephesians 5?
4: Yeah, it
1: looks like we have time for 518.
2: 518,
4: and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit.
2: So obviously when someone is drunk on wine, it's an excess, they've had too much. Mm Mm-hmm. And the contrast that's being made in verse 18 is the contrast between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. So to state the obvious, when someone is drunk with wine, the wine controls their thinking, and it's an ongoing moment-by-moment influence, isn't it? So in other words, let's say that someone drinks too much wine. Does that mean for a moment they're influenced by wine and the next moment they're okay and then the next moment they're influenced by wine the next moment. Or are they continually influenced by wine until they get out of their system? Right. Yeah. They can be influenced by wine for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And that's why the next day that sometimes they don't, you know, they're still recovering from what happened. The reason I mention that is then think through what the point that's being made. Just as someone who is drunk with wine has every moment, every aspect of their personality and thought governed by that wine, isn't Mm -hmm. that what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're drunk, you don't walk well, you don't think well, you sometimes say things you shouldn't, all of that. Well, we need to be filled with the spirit so that on a moment by moment basis, it controls every action, every thought, every word, every deed, and, and hallelujah, wouldn't that be glorious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, far better than having your life run by a, a bottle of wine. So being filled with the Spirit is letting the Spirit control every moment of our lives. Good.
1: Yes. And I think that would lead back to us, um, you know, having the Spirit controlling every moment of your life and going back to last week of knowing, you know, what the will of God is. You know, in your life, because you're constantly being open to his spirit and to his word. So I think that would um, help everybody to, you know, better understand that um, on our decisions. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back to Rome, um, Ephesians 519. We'll be right back. Hi.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: 14th Street Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. Your donations are most appreciated. You can make donations on our website at 14thStreetMinistries.com. Our goal is to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Our message is to lift the believer, teaching sound doctrine by rightly dividing the word of truth. We are a grace ministry. You can reach out to us by calling 314-243-3779 or by contacting us on the web at 14thStreetMinistries.com or follow our Facebook page. Look for 14th Street Online Bible Study. It's time to serve, learn, change the world
2: What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: You are listening to the radio program Why Paul. If you'd like to participate in today's program, call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Michael R. Mix at 14th Street Now back to Why Paul. Hi. Welcome back. I'm your host, Michelle Mix.
4: And I'm your host, uh, Michael Mix.
1: I'm your host, Pam Lampton.
2: I'm your host, David Reed.
1: And with that um, uh, nice song that was playing, it really leads us right into uh, Ephesians 5.19. Uh, So that was good timing, Uh, which I'll go ahead and read that. Uh, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord.
2: Thank you, Michelle. Let's take a look. So keep Ephesians 5.19. But look with me at Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, the first thing to notice, Ephesians 5.19 has the Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And Colossians 3.16 says verbatim, the exact same thing, Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now it's my personal belief you can decide for yourself. That's not an accident. That's not coincidence. That's the design of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit puts parallel phrases like that in different verses, I believe what it's telling you is, as you're studying Ephesians 5:18 and 19, and you come across Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and Colossians 3:16 uses the exact same phrase, you need to think about those two things together. You need to compare them to one another. If, if you think about what 1 Corinthians 2, 13 says, where it talks about comparing spiritual things with spiritual, we're instructed to do exactly that, to compare verse with verse to get greater understanding. So if we do that, what you would notice is this. Ephesians 5.18 ended with the phrase, be filled with the spirit. And then it had a semicolon. And then it talked about speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The parallelism there is very obvious. And The phrase, be filled with the spirit, lines up with, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. There's an Mm -hmm. important takeaway from this. When people think about being filled with the spirit, they often think that means the spirit takes me over and it gives me some sort of emotional experience, or I feel warmer, or it does, you know, some sort of experiential, emotional type thing. Mm -hmm. What I would suggest to you is that what being filled with the Spirit is scripturally during the dispensation of grace is letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In other words, God's not going to come upon you in a way where you start speaking in tongues and you start prophesying and you start manifesting spiritual gifts today. That's not going to happen because those gifts have ceased. Being filled with the spirit today is letting God's word, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So I'll give you an example of this. Have you ever had a song you listen to on the radio and it's catchy and it lines up with the music and you can't get the song out of your head, right? And if I started singing a song as bad as I am as a singer, you would know exactly what I'm talking about and it would trigger memories, right? It, it right. just That's the way it is. Well, <clears throat> that content has been hidden inside you, hasn't it? In other words, 50 years from now, you're, you're going to know how to sing the happy birthday song because we all mm-hmm. know it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all know how to sing, you know, jingle bells, which in the great song, but, you know, that, that's just how <laughs> life is. Right. If we're being honest. Well, what we need to do is rather than putting that stuff into our soul, we need to take the word of God and put the word of God into our soul so that we read it, repeat it, read it, repeat it so that we can quote verses off the top of our head. Mm-hmm. And then as we rehearse those verses to ourselves, as we repeat them, it allows the word of God to influence our thinking. I'll give you this contrast. What, what happens today is most of the information in our minds comes from the internet or TV or movies or other sources of information that have the world's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Very little of it is the Bible. So guess what our thinking is going to be? It's going to be worldly because if if I spend 15 minutes a week reading the Bible and I spend 30 hours a week surfing the internet and watching videos and, you know, whatever other stuff of the thinking of the world, what is my internal thought process going to reflect? Is it going to reflect the 15 minutes or the 30 hours? You know, it's going to reflect the 30 hours. So the encouragement I would give you from Colossians 3.16 is we need to be very purposeful about putting the word of God in our inner man, in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our soul, so that that word influences our lives. Let it dwell there richly in all wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to show you a contrast between Ephesians 5.19 and 3.16. In Ephesians 5.19, it says, speak to yourselves making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now that's a good thing. In other words, one of the things that, that is is a happy thing to do is as you learn psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, do you sometimes sing them to yourself and find mm-hmm. comfort in them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We yes. all do. And that's a good thing, right? That's a, mm-hmm. it's, We're scripturally commanded to do that. And it is a good thing to do that. And it's a way to rehearse mm-hmm. spiritual thoughts in our minds. So we should do that. Ephesians 5.19 is an inward making melody to the Lord. And the beauty of that is even if you can't sing, if you inwardly make melody, God likes it. So that's a good thing. Contrast that with Colossians 3.16, teaching and admonishing one another. So there's an aspect of this that is internal we we make melody in our hearts to the lord and that's good and that's for our own edification right that's for our own encouragement because we can be encouraged in those truths but what else do we do with music well we teach and admonish one another so let me put it this way the typical way that people think about music is they think about is this song pleasing to the ear is it catchy Is it memorable? And so people like music that they they find enjoyable. But the true purpose of music, according to the scriptures, is for teaching. And if it's for teaching, it's for teaching doctrine. I would suggest this to you then. Music that teaches false doctrine is bad music, no matter how pleasant the music is. Right? In other words, mm-hmm. if the function of the mu- of music is to teach doctrine. if you write a beautiful song and it's pleasing to the ear and it's harmonious, but it teaches things that are not true, it's bad music. I, I mention that because here's one of the things that happens. A lot of times <clears throat> music is memorable. We talked about that earlier. you have a song you kick it out of your mind. Well, <clears throat> what happens is as you have those words in your mind, oftentimes, we think, well, I know this is true, and the reason you know it's true is because it's in a verse of a hymn, not because it's in a verse in the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. I'll give you one example. There's a famous song at the cross where it talks about uh, the Christ groaning upon the tree. Christ didn't groan upon the tree. I realize that's in common understanding that that occurred. But he didn't. There's no verse in the Bible that says it. All of this is just a way to say, we need to be about sound doctrine. We're in favor of good music. But what we really need to do is we need to have music that teaches correct doctrine, because music Mm -hmm. is a way to teach and admonish one another. Mm -hmm. Very good. Let's do verse 20.
3: Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Get 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to look at ver- at chapter 1, verse 2, and then chapter 5, verse 18. So we're going to look at the front of the book and the back of the book. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. So how often did Paul give thanks for people? Always. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to notice one thing on verse two before we go to the next verse. Do you see how it says making mention of you in our prayers? People sometimes have the idea that if you're a real spiritual prayer, what you do is you pray long and long and long, and you have lots of details in your prayers. And that's more spiritual than if you prayed briefly. What does First Thessalonians 1 verse 2 say though? Make mention of you in our prayers? Well, if you make mention, does that mean you went on for a long, long, long time? Or does it mean you made a pretty brief remark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means a pretty brief remark, which right. means if I'm praying for Michael or Pam or Michelle or whoever, I don't have to pray for three hours to get my point across. God knows what I'm praying about, right? right. Mm-hmm. I, I can do it. I can make mention and, and move forward. Now look with me at First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. Every situation, every circumstance, even stuff you don't like, right? Because there's some situations we don't like. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will that we be thankful people. And too many times we're whiners and moaners and complainers. And it would be much healthier and it would be much more scriptural if we were thankful people. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Now, I can see we're coming up on the end, so I'm going to briefly give the gospel and then any remarks anyone wants to make. Uh, we've covered a lot of doctrine tonight, but what you need to know to be eternally saved is really simple. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He was the son of God. He paid the sin debt that we could not. God resurrected him from the dead as proof that that payment was sufficient. What we need to do to be saved is not to join a church or tithe or perform a bunch of good works or keep the 10 commandments. We need to have what scripture calls faith in his blood. We need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as the savior who paid for our sins. And the moment we quit trusting in our own selves and we trust in him, the blood that he shed for us, God saves us. You need to do that. Don't do, don't put that off to tomorrow. Don't, Disregard that as you know non-essential. That's the difference between heaven and hell for all eternity.
4: Very
1: good. Thank you for sharing that, so everybody uh, could understand. And I did like um you know when you were talking about uh, there in uh, ephesians five twenty um, about our prayers not having to be long. Um, You know, because I think sometimes when it's, it's something that always um, startles people if you say, um, can you uh, pray, you know, can you lead us in prayer, you know, and the first thing that I think probably goes through most people's head is like, am I going to be judged? Is it going to be long enough? You know, uh, Mm -hmm. so that is really nice to know that we don't have to, you know, pray a whole long time and God understands and here's what we're praying. As mm-hmm. we are praying, who
2: we are, so I Amen. do like that. Amen. Yeah, it's um, you know we didn't we didn't go there tonight, but Paul talks about vain. Paul doesn't. Matthew talks about vain repetition, where people repeat things again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. God heard you the first time. Um, it, it's not more spiritual to pray that way. Scripture calls it vain repetition. And uh, and by the way, if if you were talking to your friend, would you say Michael, 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 <laughs> Michael? It, 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 well, it's, not, a, it's not the way. It's not the way that you properly communicate, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's artificial. Right. It's, it's fake. Right. Right. Yeah. right.
1: yeah. Yes. Now, little kids do that. You know, Mom, Mom. They're
2: trying to get your attention. <laughs> right.
1: So, uh, right. so and that works for them. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was good. Um, nice to share. And again, we have um, everybody um, you know, in uh, Facebook um, to say hi to. And um, Robin has a little um, question there. Pam, you'll take a look at that. Okay. Um, you know, um, talking about um, sharing uh, God's word. Okay. And so, um, we'll be back next week. Uh, everybody join us next week. And we'll continue in our Ephesians. So have a good week, everyone.
4: Goodbye. Thank Goodbye. you.
1: Goodbye. Thank you.
0: been listening to why paul visit us on the web at 14th street and please join michael r mix michelle mix david reed and pamela lampton again next tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time and 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel for more thoughts and wisdom also be sure to tell everyone about our program